A relatively new archetype in the arena of pop culture is that of the gamer. We all know them. Our cousins who come to family gatherings only to sit in the living room playing Mario Kart. The romantic partner who thinks downloading the newest Halo game is an adequate anniversary gift. Or your friend who failed out of college only to make more money than you on their Twitch channel. Gamers are everywhere, including pop culture. How is this subculture portrayed in movies, documentaries, and books? Does pop culture accurately capture the passion, aesthetic, and lifestyle of these joystick warriors? Join the Bonsai Boys, Jay and Travis, as they peep into the world of gamers in this four-part series, The Gamer Set. I wanna, I wanna know your preference, Jay. Um, are you a Mario guy or are you a Sonic guy? Mario. You see, I didn't even think about it. It was an instinct. instinct. It was a reflex. Instinctual. It's a me. I yeah. like a Mario. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, but I wasn't talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. I was talking about the burger joint. <laughs> Does that change your answer? <laughs> what What Mario burger joint is there? No, the Sonic burger joint. Oh, so, okay. Uh, no. Okay. How about Sonic Burgers versus Olive Garden? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Man, I think you're right. OG. I, I don't know what kind of demon child. You think people are still holding on to like, no man, Sonic's better? Because that was a big thing when uh, Sega Genesis came out, right? It was like Sega Genesis versus the Super Nintendo, and then Sonic came out, and they had that really kind of like. We're the Generation X uh, video game console for, you know, cool kids. And Sonic is, like, the cool, hip uh, character. And people people were like, I'm Sonic all the way. Um, How many people were Sonic? I always viewed Genesis, like, Sega Genesis, as, like, by far second best. They're like the Airwalk shoes versus, like, Vans. No, but, yeah, I, I, I agree, too. I never had a Sega Genesis. I wouldn't allow that shit in my house. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. But their games were more teenage-based. They had a lot more, like, fighting and racing games on there than uh, an NES. Uh, and kind of off, like, they had a lot of dark humor in their game. So people, there was a contingent. I remember having friends who were way into Sega Genesis. They were always the, your neighbor friends that had the boys, and they always had, like, three or four boys, and they were the boy, the dirty boys, the ones that you were, <laughs> like, you wanted to hang out with, but you knew if you hung out with them for enough hours, like, one of them was gonna, like, pull a switchblade on you. Wow. You ever they have, have car parts on their front yard? Probably. It was like the little kid wow. from Toy Story, the first one. <laughs> Sid? Yeah, Sid. It was like Sid. Uh, and these, yeah, you, you don't know. Did you ever have that, those neighbors? Like the 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 kind of dirty dirty boy kids? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but I found like they didn't even have video game systems. They were just sad. And that's yeah. why they were so angry. Yeah, you know, because they they had they had to live without, and they want to come to your house to play your video game system, and then they're like, "Let's let's look at your mom's bras." And you're like, "I don't know, man. <laughs> My mom doesn't like it when I look at her bras." No, don't sniff them. You're crazy. <laughs> it's a me, Brario. Brario, <laughs> get out of here! But I want to smell the bras. <laughs> yeah, Brazil. <laughs> ah, I just want to smell the Brazil. <laughs> I put them over my ears, and now I have a Brazier ears. Aha, it's a me, <laughs> Prario. <laughs> ah, it's me, Wario. <laughs> That's his evil Pantio, his evil uh, cousin. <laughs> Welcome to the Pop Bonsai Podcast. Bonsai! Oh, right, Jay. This is the uh, uh, part of our set that I might look forward to the most. All right? Yeah. 
What we do here at the Pop Bonsai Podcast. Welcome all. I am Travis, and with me as always is my co-pilot on this magic carpet ride, Jay Castro. Uh, and we try to curate pop culture around big ideas. And you tuned in to the last part of what we're calling our gamer set, in which we have been exploring the world of gamers in pop culture. What is a gamer in reality? And how does that image and archetype stack up to how Hollywood and literature and the music business portrays gamers? Um, should we do a recap of some of the things that we've 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 learned so far in this, Jay? What's something that you've learned in this revisiting of gamer uh, culture? Well, I've learned that some gamers are nasty. They're just yeah. not friendly. They're they're they treat it like uh, you know, uh, gosh, like 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 a rival, you know, like a track meet or something, like a rival school or something, you know. They, I just had no idea they were. It was so serious to some. They're people. like they're like the G birds, the gamer. Like I said, the T birds are the gamer birds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gatekeeping. Yeah, gatekeeping. Gatekeeping. Is a big, bad. Is gatekeeping is a big thing that we've we've that's popped up a couple of times, uh, whether it be uh, through uh, King uh, uh, King of Kong, uh, Fistful of Quarters. There was a lot of gatekeeping going on there with that. They didn't want Steve Weeby in there. Bitch, best believe no. me, I'm Hong Kong and I make it look easy. Gotta put it in every episode. Um, even uh, uh, in Scott Pilgrim, it's not as direct, but they're they're snobbish when it comes to that, and and uh, they have uh, they're kind of mean, kind mm-hmm. of mean characters. Mm-hmm. Have we discovered one likable character or representation of? Gamer, I guess Steve Weeby. Steve Weeby's kind of likable. Yeah, he's your yeah. favorite. You, you're a big Weeby head. Everybody, any anybody with a soul's a Weeby head. You know, you're, you're a big, fair. you're big Weeb dweeb. <laughs> I'm tangled up in the Weeb web. Is that oh, is that the new Bob Dylan song? <laughs> tangled up in Weeb. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Spoiler alert: Tangled Up in Blue is on my no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then we kind of learned that um, we talked about how very is very on the surface, but you know, gaming is this escape, uh, and there are is a positive to that. You know, as far as being able, what a great vehicle to. Uh, explore your imagination further but also the limits of that and the sacrifices that are made when you spend so much of that time in that uh imaginary world which we saw in ready player two mm-hmm. ready mm-hmm. player two when i say it now i try to say it like a virtual ready player two wow it's yeah it's fun that's not even a sound effect that's just my voice jay that's crazy. I thought I thought we were just we had a bigger budget this yeah, time around. Yeah, then... I I got a new laptop. It's got <laughs> oh, Sydney. Um. So uh, now we get to do what we uh, uh like to do at the end of all our sets is to take all our knowledge that we've learned and some of the things we didn't have time to talk about and curate a playlist. Which is going to allow us to talk about some good tunes, first of all, to revisit some themes and ideas that we've discovered along the way, and to fill in some holes of some things that we didn't get to talk about when it comes to our big topic, in this case, gamers. So Jay and I sat down, Jay picked seven songs, and I picked seven songs. And our idea was to pick anything that is gamer-related or gamer-adjacent. So these aren't just... um, songs with video game samples in them they're not just scores to video games they are anything in which the musician or the music reminds us of some of the lessons that we've learned however there is one caveat we did challenge each other to on this playlist insert our favorite video game score so at 
we'll get to that. We're going to save that for the end. I believe those are the last two songs on the track is yep. we're going to be talking about our favorite video game score. And if you'd like to listen along with us, we're going to play some snippets as, as we go through and talk about these songs. But if you want to hear the whole playlist, you can search Pop Bonsai Gamer Playlist on YouTube or on Spotify, or you can go to popbonsai.com and click on the playlist tab where you can see the links to those playlists as well as all our other playlists on there. So if you'd like to do that or maybe go for a little drive if the weather's nice and listen to the playlist at first, you know, 14 songs won't take all your day. Come back and give us a listen. All right. We're going to go ahead and jump into our first track. Jay, you have the honors of this first track. And... <laughs> So I'm going to go ahead and click play on this little bad boy, and you can tell us who we're listening to. All right. So, yeah, for my first entry in our, in our playlist, I picked a song called Living in the Real World by Blondie. And it's off their LP Eat to the Beat, which came out in 1979, and um, the reason I picked this particular track is because it kind of reminded me, <clears throat> some of the lyrics kind of reminded me of, of uh, The Oasis in, in Ready Player Two, which, which we discussed in a, a previous set of our previous episode. Um, there are songs, uh, or the, some of the lyrics uh, talk about, uh, uh, you know, even though it's like, it's, it's supposed to be about like people who are superficial and, um, it still talks about people being in their own worlds and um, in that world, they can, you know, they can be whatever they want. And some of the lyrics that kind of remind me of it is um, song goes, I can be whatever I want. Every day is a holiday. I can do anything at all. I'm invisible. I'm 20 feet tall. Um, and so that kind of reminded me of that. Cause you know, in the Oasis, they have avatars and they always talked about how their avatars, they always make them a lot more attractive than their, real life personas mm -hmm. and so yeah so that kind of reminded me of that a little bit so i think I that, that uh uh blondie too in general is just a great arcade band uh yeah debbie harris definitely of that era of yeah um and i think she kind of encapsulates that kind of arcade rat sound you you said you've been listening to a lot of her lately yeah i was i, I was like a few weeks ago yeah do you think she holds up? Do you think that she's going to be rediscovered again pretty soon? I don't know. I don't know. Some of it is seems a little, I don't know. Some of it kind of seems a little dated, mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't mind that. I get past that. I think you're the kind of guy that kind of gets past that too. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, you kind of realize, well, it's a product of its era kind of thing, you know. It's got this great, uh, you know, with that chorus, I'm not living in the real world. I'm not living. It, it is this real. It's, it's kind of a a positive declaration of being tuned out of the real world. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like I'm not living in the real world. You know, it's this really. It becomes a cry, like a like a battle cry almost. Uh, something that you uh want to do right. You don't. I mean, something. Yeah, you don't want to live in the real world. I'm not living in the real... And so I, I like that. It, it's kind of... Uh, we talk so much about these people not living in the real world and not really realizing that. And here we have Blondie uh, very much uh, aware of her tuning out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this next one is one of my picks. Um, I'm going to play it off of... For some reason, it won't allow me to play it on my YouTube. It says I need a YouTube premium membership to play this song. Uh, so I'm going to play it right here on this phone. Oh, that's not it. <laughs> All right. So coming in here, you can hear that guitar coming in. And you're like, well, this this could be anyone. And then it then it progressively. Da -na 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 -na, da -na 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 -na, and you're like, wait a minute. Is this? This sounds familiar. And then I think, uh, and then the voice comes in. And you're like, oh, it's fucking Lou Reed, mate. 
and so this is the uh, Great Defender uh, in parentheses down at the arcade by Lou Reed. I didn't do my research like Jay, so I should have come up with the album tracks and stuff like that. But that's a Jay thing. That's a Jay thing. Um, <laughs> next time I will. I'm sorry. I should have done that. I'm a big uh, Lou Reed fan, and uh, I'd come across this song a couple of times, um, and loved it. And it's not my favorite Lou Reed song by any ways. It's very, uh, the thing about Lou Reed is he's so, sometimes he can be so stripped down, um, that it seems almost amateurish, uh, uh his rhyme, <laughs> his rhyme schemes and things like that. Um, but in this song, it's kind of like a false bravado. Uh, uh, I don't know. This is how I read it. I kind of read, uh, uh, it's about this guy who feels victorious at the arcade and that feeling of, of succeeding in a video game uh, bleeds into his real life. And it's all about, he, he's not being humble at all. He's talking about winning the Nobel Prize and and uh, <laughs> kicking butt and 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 all this stuff like that. So we talked about that kind of false bravado that can be present in some of the pop culture um, artifacts that we have uh, watched uh, and and read in this one. So I like the one that it hits that where it's just straight up like down at the arcade, down at the arcade, you know, <laughs> it's just very down at the arcade, down at the arcade. And then you're like, Oh, he's going to switch. He goes, Nope. Down at the arcade, down at the arcade. <laughs> I have. Okay. So I don't, I'm not a huge Lou Reed fan. I, I like him a lot, but this record, um, it's off a uh, new sensations came out, mm. which came out in like 1984. And so this was a little bit out of my like Lou Reed scope. And so I had never heard this record before. Mm. So when you put this on, I listen to the song, I'm like, this is pretty cool. It's got like the, the signature, like, like a Lou Reed, uh, uh, kind of swagger to it. You know, and, and like, I think this song could have even been a lot like, on Transformer. I think so, too, because you know? a lot of the stuff after Transformer uh, just doesn't have it. You know, it does. Right. As, I, I sound like train spying now. Everyone has them lose it. Lou Reed, <laughs> Elvis Presley. <laughs> <laughs> At some point you have it, then you lost it. And now it's gone forever. <laughs> Tune in in like five months when we do our heroin set. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we'll be straddling uh, that yeah and so yeah I, I i like that but you're right it could it does feel like transformer quality yeah yeah i was pretty surprised it's a cool song yeah all right next we're gonna go speaking of cool songs let's talk about a perfect segue to this next <laughs> one jay tell us what we got here well this is a, a cool thing only with a k <laughs> uh by sonic youth and it's a uh, cool thing by Sonic Youth from the LP Goo, which came out in 1990. And this is just kind of like my, uh, like a like my ode to Ramona Flowers uh, <laughs> from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And um, even though most of the lyrics uh, are about LL Cool J, believe it or not, because uh, I guess Kim Gordon did a uh, an interview with him. And so a lot of these lyrics, like uh, "cool thing," "walking with the panther," uh, is thing, about walk like a panther. panther. Okay, uh, I don't, I don't cool know Jay's enough song. about LL Cool J to get the references. Well, plus, like, there's a there's some of the choruses where she says, um, where she says, "I don't think so." You know, ladies that's love, supposed to be like, ladies love cool James. Ladies <laughs> love, ladies love a cool James. I was wondering that was very spot on. No. Just kidding. Well, the, the, I don't think so is, is like a nod to uh, uh, going back to Cali. Ah, okay. Did any mamas get knocked out on the song? It's possible. Okay. I'm sure somewhere mama got knocked out. During this yeah. Song. You know, who did get knocked out. Scott Pilgrim in that movie got knocked the fuck <laughs> out. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's got the, again, it's kind of got like a, like a swagger to it, you mm -hmm. know, and, and Kim Gordon's voice is, is just, awesome very fitting 
Well, kind of like your your Blondie song on here, the the instrumental, the guitars and stuff like that really have that kind of rebel outsider quality to it that ran you know which kind of I mean screechy. Sonic so much of Sonic Youth stuff is is the booyah booyah based that becomes nineties alternative rock, right? Yeah. I mean Stone Temple Pilots you know, when you think of their music, it's so, you know, based in what Sonic Youth was doing, the sound at least. Uh, and that sound, even things like a lot of filter songs and a lot of that stuff, anything that you would hear on the Crow soundtrack is, <laughs> is, uh, seems to be rooted in this particular era of Sonic Youth sound. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, is this your favorite Sonic Youth song? It's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like, I like Sunday. That's a little bit later, Sonic Youth. Mm hmm. Remember that creepy video with Macaulay Culkin? No, I don't remember seeing the video. It was a cool video. And speaking of cool, let's go to our next song. All right, this is my pick. And Jay knows this one. Yeah. I'm talking about Screeching Weasels Cool Kids from Bark Like a Dog. Like a dog. Oh, man. This is so many memories of listening to this song over and over again in middle and high school. Um, you know, it's pretty on the surface. Uh, there's a real cool club, and you're not part of it. Uh, <laughs> and... We talked a lot about that uh, in the uh, gamer set about that sense of gatekeepers, as Jay mentioned earlier in the episode, the idea of gatekeeping. There's a real cool club on the other side of town where the real cool kids go to sit around and talk bad about the other kids. <laughs> it's a real cool club and you're not part of it. And sometimes I feel as a, as a non-gamer, sometimes I feel the way some people feel about going into a comic book shop. They're like, I'm too intimidated to go in there. Those comic book kids, they're, they're, they're too cool, man. They're not going to accept me. And that's how I sometimes say that's how I feel about the gamer world. It's like, maybe I want to play. I, maybe I want to play that new Spider-Man game. It looks fun. <laughs> but I'm going I'm to go to a party and someone's like, you want to play? And then I play and then they make fun of me, Jay? That's not right. That's mm -hmm. not right, Travis. That's, I mean, it's messed up. I want to be part of this world. I wouldn't even know where to start. I'd be like, oh, do you guys have a uh, defender? <laughs> Holding the controller upside down. Yeah, exactly. Oh. All right, so our next song here is one of Jay's picks. Why don't you go ahead yeah. and introduce it, Jay? Okay, yeah, it's uh, one of my favorite songs um, by this band. It's Bastards of Young by The Replacements. And it's off of their, uh, their LP, Tim. Uh, came out in 1985. And the reason why I picked this song is it kind of reminded me it's again uh like a ready the ready player two vibe um it kind of reminds me of of those the people that you that were set out to to find to, to quest these mm. these quests and they were they were regular kids and they were down and out and uh they called like the gunters um and you know, like like Wade and Samantha and Shoto, they were like they're poor kids. You know, in in real life, I mean, Wade had no parents. His the his aunt and her boyfriend were total pieces of shit. They were like drug addicts and alcoholics, and they beat him. And, and you know, and so uh, some of the lyrics, um, uh, Paul Westerberg uh, writes, "God, what a mess on the ladder of success." <clears throat> where you take one step and miss the whole first rung dreams, unfulfilled, uh, graduate unskilled. We are the sons of no one bastards of young. So that kind of reminded me of that, of, of those people's lives, you know, a little bit. Yeah. So uh, it's just a cool song. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love, it is a great song. I don't know a lot of the replacements, but this is one of the, of the three replacement songs that I probably know. I'm like, Oh, that's the replacements. And, uh, uh, I discovered it much later in life. And I think I'd heard it in a couple of films and I was like, I might've even like mm. Shazam that shit. And I was like, ah, what a great, again, uh, uh, 
it's funny. A lot of I feel like a lot of my picks are uh, more looking at. Oh man, look at these assholes. Uh, <laughs> the exclusionary exclus, exclusionary aspect of gamers and yours are more of some of more of like the uh, coming together, right? The rallying of and accepting mm. of, of that culture and the uh, bastards of young is definitely in that ilk. Uh, yeah, maybe. and and to 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 show the antithesis of that, uh, we have my choice next. Which is a Murphy's Law song called "Sit Home and Rot," which um, feels uh, as we're kind of listening to it. It's well, like the the Blondie song you were talking about, where she is saying like. I'm not living in the real world. The sit home and rock. There is there is a sense of like I accepting that I'm just gonna sit home and play Atari. He talks about playing Atari and watching movies all day and just sit home and rot. But there is in this song. There's very much the 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 tone of the song is just very like bleh, 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 sloppy and despicable. Yeah, just despicable kind of punk rock. You know, everything you love about punk rock is just like, we do this shit. We don't care. We're going to do it all day. Uh, mm-hmm. And that reminded me of one of the negative aspects that we talked about with our experience uh, with. There is a segment of gamers that are not casual gamers. It is very much a lifestyle and they will uh, turn down invitations to go places uh to sit home and play video games and do that kind of stuff and just sit home and rot. And so I thought, are you, do you like, are you a Murphy's law fan? I'm not a huge Murphy's law fan. I feel like they're kind of down the middle punk, but no, not particularly. I, I just, I never really got into like all the New York, like the hardcore New York stuff. Yeah. Um, and this kind of what, like this gets lumped in there, like agnostic front and yeah. gorilla biscuits and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I like some Agnostic Front stuff and Murphy's Law, uh, but that's about as hardcore as I can get. I need to be able to hear the lyrics. Uh, <laughs> Plus, it yeah. just kind of reminds me of like the people that I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I was about to sound like a gatekeeper here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. reminds me of the kind of people that I don't want listening to punk rock. You know, like the jock cocknock. Well, I mean, the you know the. <laughs> well not necessarily that um i but, said it jay you're good i said it straight edge it, it just reminds me of meatheads yeah yeah you know like you know so like you would see in a movie when uh like pcu you know where like the metal guy is jumping on the bed and like throwing beer cans like that's the kind of music you yeah. play behind that right yeah. right yeah. All right. Let's move into our next cut. Ooh, no pun intended. Ooh. What we got on here, Jay? I like that. Um, next song is called uh, "Cut Your Hair" uh, by Band Pavement, and it's on their LP "Crooked Rain." Crooked Rain that came out in 1994. And again, this is kind of my. Um, uh, Kind of like my, what my, really reminded me of, of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World again, but this time it kind of reminded me of of uh, the ba- well two things. First part, the, the first part kind of talks about uh, the lyric goes, "Darling, don't you go and cut your hair? Do you think it's going to make him change?" You know, and that totally reminded me of 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 knives. You well, know, knives. Of, uh, and yeah. also, there's that great joke where Scott's like, he's worried about his hair. Uh, hair's getting kind of oh, right, shaggy. right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, and then, and then the the rest of the lyrics just kind of remind me of of the whole indie rock scene that Sex Bomb was in. You know, um, we are crashing gosh. the boys. How about that? How about that girl? Is is uh, she a boy? Yes. <laughs> 
So yeah, it just has that some the similar vibe. Oh, this know. song is so '90s. I remember this loving this song so much. It has that kind of like eels feel to it. Like, uh, duh, you know, it's a little kind of cake. It's a little kind of the eels. It's a little kind of that more bubblegummy kind of alternative rock. Uh, it feels very like Daria, you know. Uh, dollhouse era uh, of music, uh, a little early kind of Beck vibes in there too. I mean, it just, it screams alternative to me, no matter what era of alternative, as you were talking about, um, that is being used on here. And you're right, it is this sense of, uh, it. look, because I mean, one of the things that Scott Pilgrim does is it really attempts to make gamer culture seem like a cool hipster culture like a sub category of pop culture that isn't just a bunch of people with cheeto fingers and sticky controllers Mm, cheeto fingers cheeto fingers hot cheeto fingers (laughs) speaking of hot cheeto fingers that takes me into man i am killing these segues today oh can't believe that it. takes me into a muting the commercial um this next one is uh from the nerd rapper mc chris it is called nerd cave and it is all about chilling in your nerd cave um playing video games in your nerd cave watching movies in your nerd cave getting stoned in your nerd cave it's about having anxiety in your nerd cave it's just everything that is the nerd world uh in this and one of the reasons that i liked this song for this pick is it reminded me a lot of um ready player two uh where uh wyatt is that his name wade wade uh creates his actual house is kind of like this not shrine but it's, it's all, like the van like his van yeah right? and his van, van it's all built for consumption of media uh-huh. and the song nerd cave itself like many mc chris songs um has so many pop culture references in it like he's talking about e- uh, watching uh trom like those the the like who's the is it Trom Trolla Trom Trauma, the one who does like Toxic Avengers, the studio trauma? Oh yeah, yeah. Trauma, yeah. trauma, um, and eating powdered donuts and watching trauma. Uh, so there's a lot of pop culture references that MC Chris slides into his song about nerds, and I just kind of like the beat to it. It's this really kind of nerdy. I now, I'm not a huge nerd rap fan, but I am a big MC Chris fan. I love it. I think he's fun. I love his references. He, you know, he does deep cuts on really nerd stuff that he finds a way to weave in in really fun ways into his music a lot. And I can Mm -hmm. understand how people find him annoying and his voice annoying and the things he talks about kind of annoying. Uh, But I like it. You know, he writes songs about like Twin Peaks and Quentin Tarantino and and that stuff. So I really enjoy that. Well, uh, I got a confession to make to you, Travis. I've never heard MC Chris before. (laughs) This is my first time I've heard it. Welcome to the world of MC Chris, my friend. I've heard of him, of course. In fact, I used to work with a guy that when he's come here, uh, he's played here. I've seen him several times times in. In Phoenix? Yeah. Have you even been in some of his Halloween costume contests and t-shirt contests? Oh, really? Not the wet kind. He always has like some (laughs) weird contests. Like, come up here if you think you have the nerdiest t-shirt. And then he'll like insult you and then like move on. You're like, why did I come up here? Come up here if you think you have the best costume. Hey, dude, let's do it. Hey, do you remember that t-shirt contest where you got insulted? Yeah, but that's a one-time thing. (laughs) We went to, uh, we were at the uh, MC Chris Halloween show on Halloween right there in the border between Scottsdale and Tempe uh, around oh. that Curry street. And everyone was like, of course it's MC Chris concert. So everyone was like Mario and video games and comic books. And my friend and I went as Dallas buyers club. I was Matthew McConaughey. And then he was the, uh, uh, 
uh, cross-dressing um, Jared Leto character. Oh, yeah, so I had a yeah. cowboy thing on. I had my arm tied off like that, you know, the mustache. And so everyone that goes up is like, uh, you know, I'm <laughs> Princess Peach. And they're like, who are you? Like, what are you guys? We're like, we're Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> and to be honest, he liked it. But he's like, I mean, I can't give you guys this. This is a nerd thing. And we're like, it's kind of nerdy. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, we had Oscars in our hands. <laughs> <laughs> It was a great one. So that's good. All right, that takes us uh, to our next track. Uh, go ahead and introduce this one, Jay. All right, so uh, next track is called "Look Sharp" uh, by Joe Jackson from the LP "Look Sharp." It came out in 1979, and um, if anybody's been following our gamer set. Um, there's no doubt what this song is about or who yeah. I intended this song. To. <laughs> it's not Steve Weeby. No, no. The one, the only, Mr. Billy Mitchell. King of Kong, Billy Mitchell. And, um, you know, some of the lyrics, uh, Big Shot, tell you what, tell me what goes on around here. Tell me what the world is. Tell me that the world is no place for the weak. Then you look. You can look look me in the eye and tell me if you see a trace of fear. Say I'm just a dreamer. You say I'm just a kid. Well, Ace, shut your face. Maybe you'll see and hear. Just keep. What is it? Just keep going your way and keep looking over your shoulder. Come on. Yeah. Uh, that's hubris. That's hubris. Up, yeah. <laughs> Straight up for Billy Mitchell. Special delivery for Mr. Billy, Billy Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah, I guarantee Billy Mitchell knows this song, likes this. He's of the era for this song. Yeah. Uh, and Prime. Uh, even the, uh, the 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 cover art for this album, uh, this is on, has those shoes on there. Yeah, those uh, white leather which shoes. Which are shoes that Billy Mitchell would wear. He'd be like, these are my kick-ass shoes. I don't know why he's suffering in this. Um <laughs> But yeah, Billy Mitchell, uh, maybe one, if not the most standout character uh, that we've come across in our gamer set, and he deserves his own theme song. So I'm glad, Jay, that you were able to find a, a song that encapsulates uh, who Billy Mitchell is and give him carve out a little bit of Billy Mitchell space in our uh, fourth set here. Yeah, a little hat tip for you. A little hat tip, a little fancy hat tip. All right, so <laughs> my next song is a a peter schilling song uh, <laughs> i never thought i'd say that in my life um and we're co of course talking about the uh uh peter schilling song uh major tom i'm gonna skip ahead here i'm just gonna give it i just give it a little listen here for a second And the reason I wanted you to, uh, the audience to hear that is because this song was all for me. I started to think about <laughs> if I was older in the 80s, because uh, I was a kid in the 80s. I was seven by the time the 80s ended uh, or something like that. And so I didn't get the 80s arcade warrior experience. But I feel like every great 80s arcade warrior should have their song. The song they put on when they're in the zone and they need to kick ass in a video game. And so I was thinking about what would my go-to kick-ass video game song soundtrack be? And it would be Major Tom by Peter Schilling. Oh, uh, not Kenny Loggins. No. No. The two, two, two on the nose. People, everyone, every kid's going to have that one. But yeah, because uh, it builds. This song builds. Earth below us drifting. That's when you're like really kicking ass on Defender, you know, and you're really <laughs> doing that. I don't know if you put a a, a um, your own personal arcade theme song on this track uh, on this list, Jay. But what would yours be if you had to pick one? Ooh, that's good. Maybe uh uh seen red by uh minor threat okay <laughs> okay all right I'm getting a little intense there yeah um, all right 
Uh, so let's go to your next pick, Jay. Go ahead and introduce this one for us. So this track is called A Small Victory by a band called Faith No More. And uh, the album that it's on is called Angel Dust. It came out in 1992. Again, this is like my, my part of my King of Kong. So I, I'm so weird. So I have to like... I have to make sure I, I pick like two songs from one set, two songs from two. Like for some reason, I, I find like I'm obligated to do that. Do <laughs> so this mean? is my second. So like, this is just the way my dumb brain works. But like, I have to have two songs that represent Scott Pilgrim. Oh, two songs I see that what you're saying. I see what you're saying. And, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Like if I don't, I feel like like I'm I'm shirking like i'm chipping one of them yeah yeah like and so so this is my second king of kong song um and small victory uh which which reminds me of of steve weeby's ordeal Mm -hmm. with uh with billy um so i i read a a a small not not nobody did a short interview with uh mike Patton, the singer and he said that this he wrote this song um because his father was a football coach and he said to him, everything was a competition. And so um, some of the lyrics uh, go a a cracking portrait, the fondling of trope, the null of losing. Can you afford that luxury? A sore winner, but I'll just keep my mouth shut. It shouldn't bother me. They, they, they keep me thinking that someday I might beat you. So that's perfect. I know. mean, that's just like, that yeah, it's right in there. That's what, Steve Weeby. Poor Weeby. Poor Weeby. But you got him in the it's end. It's a small victory. It's a small victories. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I, I, that's, I love that part about that documentary. It's just like, it doesn't matter that the, the stakes in this aren't high and that the accolades aren't high. It's just, he needs this. He needs this victory. Weeby's been, He's a bit weepy when we meet him. He's a weepy weeby. <laughs> uh, and you he does. I mean, he because he believes he, he needs, needs it, this. but he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he believes that's he needs thing. it, and that's the important thing. I think that's a lot with yeah. gamers too. When it comes to like finishing games, I got to beat this game. I got to beat this game. And you're like, why, dude? Like, are you having yeah. fun? No, but it's I got to beat it. All well, right. the thing that's different about Steve Weeby, and and the thing I found the most interesting is that he had other things going on in his life. Mm. You know, he had a life. He's a teacher. I'm like, that's, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of your time right there. Yeah. He, he was a teacher. He was a coach. He had other interests. He was a musician. He had daddy, wipe you know, my it, butt. Daddy, yeah, wipe had, my butt. He had a white butts. Yeah. <laughs> He's a butt wipe. So he had, he had stuff going on. Yeah. But yet this somehow, you know, he, this small victory. He's consumed by it. Um, this next song for me is on mine. I'm gonna give you a little taste of it. Get to the part where it drops. Oh yeah, yeah. Bringing that Mario sample. <laughs> uh, let me get to the. Oh yeah, a little old school rap in there. Mario Brothers is cool like sunglasses. now i it's not like this is uh uh the song is called um king of the koopas uh and this is by a uh a band called ambassadors of funk uh this is not a a band that i grew up listening to Uh, in fact i discovered this song uh in the winter late fall winter i did a um uh, a drama piece that I wrote uh, called the ladies of the palace arcade. And it was kind of like these film monologues. And so to find music for this, I was going in and I was trying to find something that was, you know, fun for middle schoolers, but also kind of captured this. And I stumbled across this song. I didn't go with it because a little bit too modern for uh, uh, what I was going for, but mm-hmm. it's basically this, this kind of fun, like, late 80s clean rap style about mario and it samples the mario 
uh, music from the video game, uh, which a lot of rappers have done. But I challenge you to put these on this song on with headphones and not bop around your house. <laughs> It's so much fun. Like, how ingrained is that sample into our bloodstream for our generation? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and plus, the thing that's really impressive is that, like you said, there, there's been a lot of people that have sampled the, the, the Mario music. However, they don't change it very much. Nope. Like, at all. It's like straight from there, yeah. you know? Yeah, it reminds me of in the late 80s or maybe early 90s, they had a Mario Brothers cartoon show. And it was half cartoon and half real life, uh, where it would always start off and it was real life actors playing Mario and Luigi, and they were plumbers. And they would have like a, a, a frame story, and then they would go into the virtual world and there would be like a Mario adventure that was all animated. And I remember the lyrics, it was a rap song, to it and it would be like we're the mario brothers and plumbins our game we're bound to hit a warp whistle working on the drain we meet koopa the trooper the princess and the others hanging with the brothers we'll be hooked with the plumbers and i remember that word <laughs> for word from that. when i was a kid because the song is so jaunty and just begging to have someone rap over it and this is a fun one and i also love the lines mario brothers we cool as sunglasses <laughs> just the fact that that was the epitome of cool just sunglasses yeah yeah some wayfarers yeah <laughs> so that was a fun one all right jay it is now that time we are getting into our last two tracks so you know what that means we are going to be talking about our favorite video game scores or video game scores that we really liked and came up with in the last week so uh i'm going ahead and i'm going to go ahead and play your choice and let you talk about it. Okay, so my my favorite video game score is called um, Frizzy Peak, and it's from uh, my favorite video game uh, ever of all time, of all systems across all systems across time, space, dimensions. A, a game called Banjo Kazooie. Which came out in nineteen six or nineteen ninety eight for the N sixty four. I was almost gonna say it came out in nineteen sixty four. So um, they actually the, the used banjos in nineteen sixty four. Yeah, yeah, it could have been a, a young Buck Owens, you know, playing. That. <laughs> <laughs> but so the 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 game's about a bear named Banjo and his large bird friend named Kazooie, and. Uh, Banjo's sister gets kidnapped by an evil witch and uh, Banjo and Kazooie have to go and, and find the evil witch and save his sister. And it's it's very Super Mario Brothers. We're the Banjo uh, Brothers and playing our game. We're bound to get a... <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it's very it, it, like Super Mario 64. It's it's same kind of formula, but it's really fun. And um, this song in particular is just the introduction of the first snow level in banjo kazooie and i we were talking about i think we were, i don't know if it was when lance was on with us but we we're talking about how much water levels suck. suck like like they always suck but snow levels are always my favorite yes yes it, you could and, feel and the so, slickness on it it's just a it's a faster level things are yeah. speedy uh-huh yeah it, and it's just it just seems so much more jovial, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes they're they're kind of Christmassy, you know, like in mm. Super Mario sixty four. The always some penguins are wearing hats, trying to like block your way. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, same thing with this game with with Frizzy Peak in this level, uh, Banjo Kazooie. That snow level super fun, and and this is the theme song that comes on when you first enter it. Can I tell you, I've never played this game. I'm very aware of it because the iconography was everywhere when I, you know ninety eight. I was in eighth grade so i was you know prime video game age this was on video game magazines people were talking about it never played it i never it's had fun dude. it's only it wasn't for nintendo though that's probably why too right did it was it 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 was when it first came out it was on nintendo 64 oh, okay. and then from what i from what i've read um microsoft bought rare the company that made it so now you can play it on the xbox um 
but I never have. I've, I don't never own an Xbox. So. Well, for my uh, video game, we're going real old school with my uh, with my theme song here. I'm going to give you a little taste of this. You'll know exactly what it is. I went with the Tetris theme for uh, my selection. And one, Tetris was a game that I played with my dad. My dad loved Tetris. Um, we had a, a Game Boy. And we traveled all the time. We had these long, you know, like 14-hour flights from Asia back to the States. So we'd all take turns playing Tetris and trying to get the high score. And then when you're on an airplane and you're traveling and you have your earbuds plugged into your Game Boy for hours on hours, this song just gets ingrained in your soul. <laughs> and, you know, your eyes just kind of glaze over. You're in Tetris mode and this ding, 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 ding. And it feels very almost Middle Eastern to me. It feels uh, it's got like a Turkish whirling dervish yeah, yeah, yeah. dervish yeah. type thing going on here. And I always thought that was kind of cool. It always made me feel like uh, I don't know, like I was in a like a different country when I was playing this. And so Tetris themed. I don't know how much love it gets these days. Uh, I don't think anyone's wrapped over it. I'm sure actually people have, but uh, it's a dope, it's a dope uh, score and it's just really repetitive and it just gets stuck in your head. So that goes, that goes out to uh, one of my uh, favorite scores. Cool. Cool. Yeah. You know, it's funny how, how you said you used to play this, play this uh, game with your dad. I used to play uh, like when I first got my Atari, uh, I used to play with my mom. We used to sit there and play Pac-Man and then how quickly the adults just tapped oh, out as yeah. soon as you start. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as, as, soon as the, the games turned like, uh, like pretty much in the, like Nintendo 64. Um, they like can do shapes. Adults becoming, can do games with shapes. Yeah. Basic, you know, basic patterns, basic shapes, but yeah, anything that's more like the 3d, like the, the, I don't know what you call it. The open world type mm. games. Fucking forget it. No, nope, not know. happening. Now, yeah. but now kids, I mean, now everyone who played video games has kids, you know, like, like you, for example. So you, like they can play open. They probably play more video games than their kids do. Honestly, kids mm, now yeah. they, they play a lot of like the online app games. That's like, that's what they love. Like little kids, you know? So it's like the dad will be playing the system and the kids will be on their iPad playing like, I don't know, fruit, fruit related games. <laughs> fruit Ninja. Yeah. <laughs> So. Well, I play. Uh, they they have a Switch, and they they still play like Zelda and Mario and all that crap. Nice. Well, that was, uh, so that is our um, Pop Bonsai Gamer playlist. Um, you could again, you can find that on Spotify and YouTube by searching Pop Bonsai Gamer, or you can go to our website at popbonsai.com. Uh, Jay, as we're ending our gamer set, anything you, uh, we talked about this last time I asked you after our third set, if you're any closer to becoming a full fledged gamer and you said, no, sir. And I said, no, sir. Uh, I'm sticking with my answer after it was fun coming up with songs, uh, with gamers and I respect a gamer. I respect the subculture. Uh, it just the way I would want someone to respect my love of comic books. Um, I don't need you to understand it if you are an outsider. Uh, but at the same time, um, I guess this gamer set nothing that I saw or consumed uh, changed my stereotypical view of gamers, and I think there is an opening still for a piece of pop culture to really come in and champion these gamers and give maybe a different look at a typical gamer that we would see in the real world. Um, so someone who's not consumed with gaming, but it, it's definitely a part of their life and a part of their lifestyle uh, and can positively have a positive effect on the story or that that character's arc um because scott pilgrim was probably the closest but the way those characters are drawn it d does still have some snideness it does still have some gatekeeping and some 
clickishness. Uh, so that was pretty close, but I would like to see something. Uh, a a gamer who happens to be a director or a author uh, throw something out there that can that can sway my opinion of gamers. Interesting, interesting. Well, yeah. See, I don't I don't know if if I'm in fact I'm pretty sure a lot of people aren't going to share this opinion, but I don't mind gatekeeping. I get it. I get it. You know, gatekeeping is uh, is kind of a way. First of all, it's it's always been around, mm-hmm. and it's always going to be around. You, you know, you, you've got gatekeepers at the gym, you got gatekeepers at, at your local bar, at your neighborhood bars. You got gatekeepers everywhere. They're ever not everyone can just walk you got, in. You and got it, gate. You got it's for everybody. Oh, that's key masters. I was going to yeah. say, you have gatekeepers and that, Ghostbusters. That's the Gorney Weaver. <laughs> is she a key master or is she a gatekeeper? I think she's a gatekeeper, and I think Rick Moranis was the key master. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sigourney Weaver, the gate. You got your Sigourney Weavers out there. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's it's going to happen. It's bound to happen. And I, I get it. It's, it's, it's people that – and in the people that don't get gatekeeping, it means that – I feel like they don't understand what it is to love something so that like, it's like, you think it's yours, you know, um, you, you know, you, you, vinyl collecting, comic book collecting, you know, a lot of people took, did not take kindly to, to the whole, you know, Marvel movies. And now you got all these, you know, you got all these assholes going to your local comic book store that, you know, don't, you know, really belong there and you've never seen them there and they're not going to be there in a couple of years, but they're there now. And they're buying up all your comics or buying all your variant covers. You know, they're, they're just kind of like, just they're wearing t-shirts and you're like, do you even know who that character is? Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't even know. You don't know. Goddamn Moonlight it. <laughs> you don't know Punisher. You're just a dumb right winger anyway. But, but you know, I get it. I get it. They're going to be everywhere and I don't mind it. I, I know it's going to happen. It's people's way of protecting what's what, keeping it away from the sh- from shitty people but um as far as do i ever want to belong to is it worth it to me to to you know try and make it past those gatekeepers try and, no it's not absolutely yeah. not i don't care enough to yeah you know because i mean I, re- I know yeah yeah you i'm sure you go through it every time you go to a, a record store, you know, you go to a record store and yeah, people kind of look at you like, look at this joker. And then you go up there, you know, w- with these, w- you know, with these records and people kind of like, Oh, so this guy's, this guy's cool. He knows, he knows yeah. his shit. You One know, of the ways if you are, if you're, if you're getting into a world like gaming, it's like that. If I was going to go to a GameStop, the best way to, to do it is to, to not pretend to not pose and just ask questions. Just be yeah, gen- exactly. genuinely curious. Be like, Hey man, you know what? I've, past a million game stops i've never been in a game stop i just got a playstation uh i haven't played in a while here's the kind of stuff that i liked when i was a, a, a kid playing video games i mean do you have anything that you know and you'll probably they'll probably be actually really excited to help you because they don't they don't, they don't get to be then they're not gatekeepers and they're sherpas then they're helping yeah, you exactly, then, they're, exactly. then they're helping you like get into the world Right. They're like, yeah. oh, this this guy's coming with hat in hand. Um, you know, he's not he's not pretending he didn't walk into GameStop with a Halo shirt on and be like, hey, can I get Halo 2? And they're like, you mean Halo 5? Halo <laughs> 2 was like eight years ago. Dick. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just it's like going to the record store asking for uh, you know, the import uh, imported gang of four seven inches, you know, mm-hmm. or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, it's well, I'm going to go ahead and, and hit the power button on our gamers console here and turn that gamer set off. Oh, whoo. Whoo. So I'm going op- to open a window. It's pungent. Uh, <laughs> this window up here. And uh, I'm going to give you, the audience, a little sneak preview at our next set that's going to start next week. And we are calling it the Coming of Age set. Or I guess we could call it the Bildungsroman. That is the fancy literary term for coming of age. Um, and what we have 
on deck. And I don't know if this order will stick, but here are the pieces that we've selected. We are going to look at the movie City of God. We are going to be uh, reviewing episodes from the Freaks and Geek TV show. We are going to be reading the novel King Dork. And we are going to be coming up, of course, with uh, a playlist uh, uh, coming of age uh, set playlist on there. So we're going to give you more details on who directed, who wrote, and all those particular pieces. But uh, if any of that sounds exciting to you, make sure to tune in this next month of April as we discuss, I'm guessing, puberty. Uh, pubes. Pubes, man. You didn't tell them about my pubes, did you? <laughs> right. So until next time, we will catch you next pop wave. Wave.